Wouldn't it be strange and wonderful if you were the one man on earth finally able to answer that question? Question? When will we realize that this world wanna play us? They starting to realize that these cops truly hate us It's hard to get a job with a PhD No fucking wait that this government can pay me Black hoods and white hoods What's going on with white hoods and black hoods? They string us along, misery still holds in What's up and welcome to episode 3 of We're Quite Right The show where we rarely agree yet still claim to always be right My name is Ivan McGovern And as always I am joined by my co-host uh, Maurice Common. What's going on man? Not much, man. I was crack-a-lacking. You know, it's all good. You know, most people getting off work tomorrow, short week, for my favorite holiday out of the entire year. Maybe not for the historical purposes, but for what it means to me and uh, how I treat it. Uh, Thanksgiving week, how you feeling? I mean, I can't really agree with that sentiment because that's like saying, you know what I mean, crack is bad, but I only smoke it once in a while. Still don't make it good, you know. We just we just act like things are okay because we've made things more positive. It's kind of like the N word, you know what I mean? Like the N word is not necessarily positive, but we took so much negative out of it that we don't even see the uh, the negative when people say it to us unless they're people of a different color. So that's how I feel about Thanksgiving and Cristobal Columbus murdering and raping thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of human beings. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely for all of those reasons, that is a, that is very fair. My thing, I, I just like that people, because I personally like to try and be thankful for whenever I feel thankful for something, you know, call it out. So, you know, when people are forced to do it on Thanksgiving, you know, I think that's a good thing. Um, how the holiday came to be, definitely not very good um, at all. However, I mean... At this level, it uh, allows basically all of my worst habits to be socially acceptable. Eating too much, watching football, and taking naps in the middle of the week. Um, but yeah, no, the historical implications of how we got here, not very good. You're not going to count drinking in that? That's, that's, but that's normally socially acceptable, whereas really just napping in the middle of the day and eating a, way too much food. Not usually in, a, in America, eating way too much food isn't socially acceptable. I feel like that's more American than apple pie. That, that may be, but I feel like we eat even more on Thanksgiving. It's like I feel like that you know, there's no dieting. No one's trying to keep to their diet on Thanksgiving. You know, there's a famous you know, quote, which is, uh, what is it? A true optimist is the one that starts his diet on Thanksgiving. Um, but you know. What, here, here's a good question. What is your favorite thank part favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal? What do you got? Well, I'm black, so we tend to cook food better than non-black people on Thanksgiving. No offense at all. Uh, so there's not too many options that aren't great options because a lot of times people kind of steal our soul food and call it Americana Thanksgiving food. So a lot of the stuff on Thanksgiving, I pretty much eat year round. So it's not necessarily special when I get it. Like some people are like, oh, my God, can't wait to get home for my mom's mac and cheese. I'm like, come on, man. Your mom don't even put it in the oven. So are you really that hype for that? You know, some people are like, oh, my God, I haven't had turkey in so long. Like turkey is like normal to us. So I don't know if I have a specific thing that I love above all. I do love eating certain people's things. Like one of my grandmothers makes a spicy stuffing. It's stuffing, but it's stuffed with uh, spicy pork sausage. 
and it's just it's just it's nothing really like it and she crusts it at the top by putting it in the oven for a little while one of my other grandmothers both my grandmothers bake their macaroni and cheese but one of them like does different things to it like last year it was a shrimp mac and cheese which i didn't even get a chance to have but it's just that kind of little stuff where each individual person puts their own spin on things because I go see both of my grandmothers and they compete against each other even when they tell me they don't. It's all about that competition. Everyone wants that best dish, always. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, and it's it doesn't get whiter than this, really. Mashed potatoes and some dry turkey, you know, in my household. But, you know, I'll take it whenever. Or so you're going to pick the two whitest things on the table. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't get any whiter. My dad makes a killer cranberry sauce. I like that. I love cranberry um, sauce. It Well, where I go, you know, we've been going there for like 20 years. Everyone, they just, no one has to communicate. Everyone knows what everyone's bringing. Nothing changes. The big thing for me is the desserts because my mom makes a killer platter, homemade cookies that I can never get enough of even though they're in the house. Shout out to Mama McGovern. Yes, yes, exactly. And, you know, she has these carrot cake cookies, throw some cream filling in the middle. Oh, my God. No, no, here's a real question for you. Here's a real question for you. What family member and what dish from that family member are you avoiding at Thanksgiving? Um... And it doesn't have to be that it's nasty. It could just be like, you know what? If I start eating that, I'm not going to stop. Or it could be that it's just trash. I, I think the big... Let's see. Because it's... Keep it real. Keep I it mean, real. I, I just stick away from, like, the foods that I don't normally eat. Like, I, I pile on the green beans, pile on the potatoes, the meat. You know, but it's like when you have, like, a Brussels sprout dish, I, I bet it's good. But I'm probably not touching it. Because I, I just don't usually eat Brussels sprouts. Man, Brussels sprouts are delicious. You crazy? I, all right, just for you, I'll try them this year. Uh, I didn't I say your family's Brussels sprouts are amazing. Well, I've never had it. I, so say- I, <laughs> I can't vouch. I've never had it. I can make you some Brussels if you want some roasted bacon molasses Brussels. Oh man, that's that is tempting. I'm right? going to take you up. That's on the this move. Off. Yes. Oh, I'm nice with the Brussels. Everybody know that when we do like group dinners, like Rishi making your Brussels, I'm like, I can. What you need? You want me to make the Brussels? I'll make the Brussels. Yeah, no, that was kind of the rule with my mom's cookies was, uh, so when I was down in Philly, sometimes we do uh, Thanksgiving down there with our family out in the suburbs. Uh, but the people that we go to every year back here, they made sure they got their cookies even when we weren't there. It's, you know, even if you're not coming, we, we're getting that food. Which, you know, got to respect the hustle. Oh, you got to respect that, man. Thanksgiving is not a time to be meek or to be, oh, my God. Oh, I miss all of you. You say that when you fall asleep on the couch from the itis or what some people might call a food that coma. That trip the fan, man. You got to get, yeah, I mean, you got to you gotta get all your gluttony out that day. Like, nobody wants to have leftover gluttony. Like, you don't want to go into New Year's like, man. I really wish I ate more so that when I do this fake diet for January, for it means a weeks, lot more. Yeah. I'd say you said it's not time to be meek. It's definitely not time to be meek. You want? You want? <laughs> That's not time to be. You want to talk about your boy? <laughs> Listen, man. Uh, it's Philly all day. Uh, I'm one of the few people who didn't decapitate Meek when he lost his battle to Drake, but it's just. I don't I'm also not a person who believes that he is being railroaded by the system per se. 
I think the system is working exactly the way the system is supposed to work. So the system isn't broken. The system is just wrong, and we got to change the system. But he did a lot of dumb shit to get himself into this point. You know, like, I know he's he's 30, so he's young, but he's older than me. And I look at it like, man, if I can be mature, you got to be mature, too, when you're talking about your life. The saddest part about it is not necessarily his music career because he's still going to hopefully have that when he comes out. It's just that he has a little son that he's leaving he has a whole family that he's probably the sole proprietor of. He has a whole team that he's probably the sole proprietor of. So how are all of those people going to eat? <clears throat> and how are we even going to allow people to look at his situation and not realize that people should not be on probation for 10 years unless you have like a homicide? Like this man has been on probation for 10 years for a gun and drug charge, which understandably so, but at this point in life, it's almost like it would have been better if he just went to jail for five to seven years and got out with no probation and then started rapping again because it's really hindered his whole life. And that's the way the justice system going to work. So we got to be smarter than that. Like, I know the reason why he went to jail on paper is that he had parole violations. But, I mean, probation violations. But the thing about probation is, he never got charged with anything technically. So like he was in the airport and I guess his crew or some people around him got into a fight. He never really got into the fight. He got let go of that. Those case, those charges were dropped. Um, and then the willying incident in New York city on a video shoot, even though it was in New York city, he, those charges have not been dropped, but the case was dismissed. So those charges might end up being dropped. But I think it's deeper than that. I think it goes from the two potential probation violations to him doing stuff like the safari jumping slash beating up where he's literally hopping out of a car and he's saying, yo, what's up, man? And then what appears to be his friends start trying to trash safari. That kind of stuff is what the judge is looking at. Like, you can't just do stuff like that and think it's okay. Even if you are in the right for everything that you do, it don't matter as a black man. You got to be smarter than that. It's a reason why you might not ever see me yelling and screaming and screaming inside of an office because I know what it looks like. It looks a lot worse as a black man to be yelling and screaming. So as a black gangster rapper, it looks a lot worse when you are in the middle of shit, even when you're technically not the cause of the shit. And this is the same judge that he's had since he was a teenager almost. You know what I mean? Like he was 18, 19 or 17, 18 when all of this shit originally happened. So you're going to realize that this woman is not playing with you. And I don't think race necessarily plays a part of it when it comes to this particular judge. And not just because she actually is black, but because he's done a lot of stuff that's great for the community. But he's also done a lot of stuff that's a detriment to the community in his judge's eyes. Like I heard about a story where she sentenced him to some community service and she ended up living and in the area that she sent him to community service just so she can drive by and see if he was actually doing it. Yeah, and he wasn't right. actually yeah, doing no, it. Yeah, no, my biggest thing is, um, I mean, I'll admit, hand up, I was one of the ones jumping on Meek during the whole Drake thing, but I do like his music, so I would like him to not be going, you know, back to jail. And But my biggest thing is, sh should he necessarily be still facing repercussions of something that happened when he was 18 19 probably not but like you said the system is what it is for better or for worse you know it needs to probably be amended 
But, you know, the rules are what they are. And, you know, yeah, like you said, he just needed to know that he couldn't do what he was doing. You know, I'm not, and he was doing a lot of good too, like you said. But at the end of the day, it's like, come on, man, you got to know, just wait it out. I mean, how much longer did he have a parole? Do you know? I think he was, he was like, around two years shy of being finished because he had like five years when he got out the last time if i'm not mistaken because we're not fact checking because that's not the kind of show we we are but just coming off facto facto but from what my memory serves me right when he got arrested the last time which is the second to last time he was actually in court for problems he got i think five years added on to his probation and it was because he violated his probation because he was on drugs. But I think he added – it was like five years added, and I think that was three years ago. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just – you know, you just got to – it's tough. I mean, because at some level, again, for better or for worse, he has a reputation as the gangster rapper of Philly right now that's the big deal. But, you know, you just got to put that aside when you're – you can't risk your life for this, especially when you got a kid. Yeah, you know, and <clears throat> it's just it's just a bad situation all around because in the end of the day, the only people who's going to win is the the tax legislators and the government because they're the ones making the money off of this whole situation. Like putting Meek Mill in jail isn't really going to do much for society. Like I don't think anybody's walking around like I feel a lot safer now that Meek Mill is in prison. Well, he's not a prisoner right. in jail. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You know, and yeah, so jail is not a place that most people should be. Prison is not a place that almost anybody probably should be. In my personal opinion, rehabilitation doesn't work in this country because it's really not rehabilitation. It's punishment. So for him to be in jail for potentially two years and a maximum of four years, it's kind of unheard of for a situation, but he's such a high-profile case. When you're a celebrity like that, when you're in such a high-profile case, it doesn't matter necessarily what they get you on because they're going to hang you for everything that they think you've done. Look at O.J. Simpson when he had 9 to 33 years for a robbery of his own stuff. Nobody really gets those charges, but they wanted to put him in prison for what he allegedly did to the Goldman family and to his, his former wife's family. And then you look at people like Al Capone. Al Capone got put in prison for tax evasion, and they buried him underneath the prison. And if you look at the case, it probably wasn't a legal case to put somebody in prison for. But they was like, we know you have guns. We know you've been selling liquor during Prohibition. We know you've killed many a people. We're going to get you on something and then bomb you with the sentence and so that you hopefully never get out. That's what the justice system has always done with high-profile people. And I'm not saying Meek Mill is Al Capone or O.J. Simpson, but in today's era, it doesn't matter what the truth is. It's the perception of the truth. Meek Mill's constantly talking about how he's a gangster and how he'll get you wet and how he'll kill you and how his people will hurt you. Yeah, it's entertainment. Yeah, part of it might be true. But the justice system don't care if it's true. The justice system just looks at it like, oh, word, you got guns? Okay, when we see you in court, we're going to see how tough you are. Yeah, you know, it's tough, but, man, I just, I I really loved his last album, too. Did Where, where did you rank DC4 in some of his previous stuff? 
with his last album or DC Four because he had he came out with an album wins and losses after DC Four. Oh, Just right, listen to did. that. That's right, he did. Totally Damn, you don't even remember that, so I guess you didn't really like it. Yeah, no, I, I just, well, DC4, I was just playing like crazy when that came out. That's why. <clears throat> well, artists like Meek Mill, their mixtapes are probably always going to be better than their albums because they tend to have a lot more freedom with the mixtape because it doesn't count against their contract for the record company. Right. So it's like, I can do what I want, say what I want, how I want to say it, and it doesn't have any repercussions because we're not trying to really track sales. I'd say, but what just happened is a perfect uh, segue into the fact that I, you wanted to talk about your favorite albums of the year, and I became, I instantly was scrambling, realizing, man, I haven't thought about what albums I really liked this year. I've been so, just li- I've been listening to singles and everything else <clears throat> that I haven't actually, I'd never sat down and thought about albums this year. Get your shit together, man. I, I got. We can, we can I, have if we, we can have this conversation at a different time. I got a few time. that came to mind. No lie, but I, we can have this. We can have this as a part two conversation. You don't have to. We don't have to rank albums right now because you need to get your shit together. But one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about that is because there's been a lot, a lot, a lot of great music that came out this year, and there's probably a lot of great music that's still going to come, even though we only have like a month left. And one of the albums that just dropped was Saha the Prince, No Dope on Sundays. And I know you have not heard it at all, have you? I have not. Yes. So Saha the Prince is Kanye West's co-writer on a lot of Kanye West's songs. So you've probably heard his lyrics. It's just he probably wasn't spitting them. So he is a very, 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 very lyrical MC from Atlanta. And I know those two things don't usually go together when you first think of Atlanta rappers. But he is not the, the uh, I'm in a club, watch me shake my dress, check out my chains. That's not his, his lane. His lane is straight up like, I'm going to give you metaphors, punchlines, similes, double entendres. And I'm going to make you think. And you're going to be like, oh, shit, who is this kid? That's the kind of rapper Saha the Princess. That came out last week. And one of the reasons I wanted to big him up is because almost nobody's probably going to big him up. Because he is not, in the stereotypical sense, a star. When you look at him, you won't see a star. When you hear him talk, you won't see, you won't hear a star. When you hear his bars and his songs, you could tell he's a star. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the album now. He's got some, some serious features. Um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to look into this. For sure. And one of the dope yeah, things I that he did. I hadn't even heard that it came out. Oh, yeah, out. you got to listen. And one of the dope things that he said was he made this album in the sense of if it was a musical. So you got to listen to it as if it's like scenes and acts and stuff like that. And the reason he didn't call it a musical is because they would have not put him in the rap category. They would have put him in like the classical musical category in the, on iTunes and shit like that. So he was like, you know what? Okay, I'm not going to call it that. But that's really what it is. And it's really... You got to listen to it because of some of the best bars that you're going to hear probably ever when it comes to the type of rapping he's doing. But it's just been a, it's been a great year for music in general, not just hip hop, but a lot of the hip hop artists who have dropped this year, especially the OG artists, have dropped a lot of heat. You know, like just to name a couple, Wu-Tang dropped an album this year that was really, really fucking good, if not great. Jay-Z dropped 444 this year and coming up is Eminem this week. 
So it's a lot of great hip hop going on there. There's a lot of great rock too. But we ain't going to get too deep into this because you need to do your research and listen to some stuff before we have this deeper conversation. Yeah, no, the one album that I wanted to show love to, because you know I love this stuff, Stormzy dropping his <laughs> debut album, Gang Signs and Prayer. Much I think Stormzy is the biggest rapper in the world that is not considered a legend. Think about that. He, he might also be physically one of the biggest rappers in the world. That dude is enormous. I mean... He's probably not bigger than two chains. Two chains like six, 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 seven or something. Yeah, two like chains is also enormous. But yeah, yeah the game is like six five. Yeah. Get on that grime, you know. I don't know if I consider Stormzy grime though. Like he's, he is rapping I on those up tempo beats. He's a little beats. more of a hybrid. He's a little more yeah. of a hybrid. He definitely started like, out with the grime stuff, and then I think he's um, changed his style just a little bit to really get into that American culture too. No, but I don't even know if he's trying to get into American culture or is just the fact that grime is not really a thing like it was in 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 the UK. Because to me, I look at grime like I look at drill music in Chicago. Yeah, there's people who probably still make drill, but when's the last time you heard somebody say, you know, this is a drill artist, this is a drill song? Same thing with grime. Like, grime to me has, I'm not saying it's died out at all. I'm just saying it's not as popular of a sound. So it's like... Is it really grime because he's rapping street shit over really quick beats? Or is it just rap, but we don't have a name for it yet? Yeah, that's true. I think the big thing, I had great hope for it when Drake was starting to get involved with uh, Skepta and everyone uh, at Boy Better Know. But, I mean, it seemed to, I mean, he, was, he had some of it on More Life, but it it seemed to kind of fall flat with, you know, the fans stateside, but... You know, do you? I thought more life was kind of trash, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I wasn't a huge fan of it either. But I mean, people just really did not like gigs. Who, I mean, that probably wouldn't be the first guy I would put on a song. But, but gigs is huge. Yeah, gigs is very, very big. And I heard gigs is a gangster too. So watch what you say. Yeah, he grew up with. He also grew up with uh, John Boyega. Shout out to Star Wars. Coming soon. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we can. We'll have to do. We'll do wrap ups on albums and stuff. I'll get on my shit and we'll talk about it towards the end of the year, maybe. Really wrap it all up. Um, but you did tease this, Eminem. Marshall. My guy, my favorite rapper ever, which is probably Marshall! a bad look for me, but. Um, I mean, it's kind of stereotypical, but yeah, Marshall! no, that's, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Is it's a bad look. <laughs> So who's your top five? Eminem, Mac Miller, Macklemore, <laughs> Vanilla Ice. You know, I was working and... on this. My, <laughs> I was I was trying to think uh, like a month or two ago about who would be like my top three, top five. Uh, I mean, Tupac. Well, white rappers? It, Tupac and Eminem are oh, like. Oh, not white rappers. One A, one B. White rappers? I thought you. I thought that's what you. I thought you were literally gonna say. No. Yeah, who would no, be my top no. three white rappers of all times? No, because the problem was the when I say Eminem is my favorite rapper of all time, I feel like that's where everyone's head goes instantly. And so I need to have backup to say, no, that's not actually true. Well, yeah. Eminem's not white. He's clear. He's a Larry Bird of rap. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's certainly the case. Um, where'd you fall on Walk on Water? You like it? <clears throat> I like Walk on Water. I have three thoughts. I have a lot more than three thoughts, but I'm gonna give you my initial. Okay, three I have one thoughts. that bounces right to my head, but you go first. One, 
I don't think he should have put that song out first because there's not going to be any more singles because the album's supposed to come out in the next few days, if not a week. So that song is going to have to build steam. And I think the only reason he really put it out is because he happened to get Beyonce on the hook. Two, I think he should have left Skylar Gray on the hook, who actually wrote the hook. Yes. Because Thank I'm you. in love with Skylar Gray's talent as a musician. She plays many instruments. She writes her own stuff as well as other people's stuff. She has a badass look. She's just a really, really dope chick. So I think that him putting Beyonce on it will help his streaming numbers, but it really doesn't connect with his fans because we don't ever see Eminem do major features. You can count on probably one hand the major features Eminem has ever had on his own music, to be honest with you. And it's a lot of it has to do with people just don't want to do songs with somebody that great because they're intimidated. Um, and the third thought I had about Walk on Water, it's just way too calm to be Eminem's first single because it has no goddamn beat. It has no goddamn drums on it. Mm-hmm. Like it, that should be like the inner. That's probably like an interlude on the album, or it's, it's either the intro on the album, the last song on the album, or the interlude somewhere in the middle of the album. That is not like a song that's going to be defined as one of the best songs on the album, in my personal opinion. And I'm not saying like I've heard the album, but I'm a I'm a shady fan through and through. I think he's the second greatest rapper of of all time. I have all of his albums. It's just. It's just certain things that he's doing differently now that he's never done in the past. Yeah, no, and the drum thing, I feel like that when he released Campaign Speech, I feel like that was what a lot of people's gripes was too, was he was, it felt more acapella. Well, that one was totally acapella. This one was kind of just over piano. Um, but it, yeah, the drums were not there, which I think rubbed some people the wrong way because it didn't have that hard Eminem feel so much. Um, that was going with the music as long as well as with the words, but I'm glad you said what you said that third point because that is my number one point. It, with Beyonce, I like the song, it was yeah, like you said, a little weird that that's your single to hype up the album because it was just totally new. Um, but yeah, you land Beyonce, you got to put it out, I guess. But when do you think that Eminem is running out of ideas? And the reason I say this is because I don't know if you connected the two, but think of this. So his last album was MM2, Marshall Mathers LP2, right? On that album, the song that probably got the most buzz was Rap God. Mm-hmm. Now he puts out a song called Walk on Water, which you could say is Rap God Part 2. Because the whole song, he's talking about how he's just a regular person and he's no God. But then at the end of the song, he says that he's God-like when you hand him a mic. Right. Yeah, no. It, it, I'm, I'm just so curious to see what the rest of the album looks like. Like, I'm trying not to overthink it, but I am because, you know, like you, Eminem is that guy, you know. But, yeah, no, when I heard Skylar Gray doing it live on SNL and... Uh, at the EMAs, it was it was a totally different feel for me, and I I liked it so much better than the Beyonce version. Um, I think the reason he put Beyonce on it one because that's a big move, but two because he's done so much work with Skylar Gray that at this point, if he put out another song with her actually on it, yeah, you know, it it would just it would just kind of like not hit pretty much anybody because Skylar Gray isn't hot in these streets right now. 
Skylar Gray. Skylar Gray is like what Neo would have been if he never got a hit. Which blows my mind that she is not huge. Cause, no, she's not huge at all. Because she's got so much damn talent. And, I mean, like, she's a beautiful girl, so that helps your marketing. And it blows my mind that she... I feel like no one has talked about her basically just since the last time she was on an Eminem song. And she put out an album in between at time, right, too. Right, which, which is crazy was actually a pretty good album, yeah. And it's... A lot of it to me has to do with the fact that some people just don't have a star quality. Like, I'm not putting myself on any of these levels, but I think I'm one of the best rappers I've ever heard. Well, this is straight up. We we didn't talk about uh, Letters from Prison as one of the greatest albums. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it's up there. It's up there. If I get that Grammy nod, holla at your boy. It's all original beats. So, Grammy committee, help your boy out, man. I'm not going to pay you the the $1,000 to review my materials, but. Is that what it costs? Look out for your boy. It costs more than I think it costs like five, ten thousand dollars or something crazy like that. Jeez, man. Yeah, but uh, yeah, let us from prison. Go get that classic material. I have two classics on the low. I have uh, from what the people tell me, not because of what I say necessarily. Letters from prison, which came out within this year's time, and Yellow Crocs theory. Yellow Crocs theory. Those are the two that. One, yeah. yeah, people say that those are my two classics. But uh, back to Skyler on on the flip side of that. Some people just don't have star quality, so you can have all of the talent in the world. You can be the best musician, the best rapper, the best dancer. It falls flat if people don't believe in you. And one of the only people within recent memory who was able to break that mold was Kendrick Lamar. Mm -hmm. And Kendrick Lamar, if you look at him, he does not have star potential when you just look at him and you hear him talk and you see his style. You wouldn't think this guy's a superstar. But somehow he was able to crack the Da Vinci Code and was like, it doesn't matter what you think of me. My music is so good that you got to accept me. And as you accept me, I'm going to slightly change certain aspects of me to make me what I'm supposed to be. And that's how I look at Skylar Gray. Skylar Gray is literally an amazing musician through and throughout. She writes hits for Eminem, she writes hits for herself that just don't turn out to be hits. She writes hits for other people. Like, what was the last song of Eminem's that you think was like a massive hit in your opinion? I'm not even going to bait you into it. I just want to know what's your opinion of Eminem's last massive hit. The last one that I really, really loved. Um... No, not loved as a fan. I'm talking about a massive hit. First one that comes to mind, Love the Way You Lie, maybe. Yep, and Skylar Gray wrote that. That's yeah. what I was hoping you was going to say. Like that, I mean, that, Skylar Gray wrote that. There's no other real option, is there? The monster? I mean, you, you could say could say monster. Like I was hoping you was going to say Love the Way You Lie, because literally that's my point. She wrote that. Yeah. She wrote that. that. That's got to be. And it's just like. I mean, Rap God, but that one, it didn't have the mainstream appeal. It was like the, the people that were all in on M and were going to listen to it. Loved it, and it was huge in that sphere. But it's like nothing. I mean, Love the Way You Lie was on the radio nonstop. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, I, and that's just, that just shows how Skylar Gray is. Like, there's just certain people who are almost too talented. And because they're so talented, they don't have all of the extra shit that talented people really don't need. And I think she's just cursed by being too talented. It's almost like if she wasn't as talented as she is, 
she probably will be looked at more as a sex symbol or as a badass punk chick or whatever you want to call her and be like, oh, my God, I really want to be a be like Skylar Gray. I really want to listen to her and see her. But because she's so talented, she doesn't have to compromise herself and do all of that shit. And it hurts her in a sense because that's what people want. Like, I can't name you another person besides Alicia Keys and John Legend who could play piano saying in that way about emotional stuff that's under 40 years old yeah no there's not many i wondered you know i was i was thinking about this when you're talking about you know skylar wrote love the way you lie do you do you think john belling's gonna get kind of that same thing where it's like the people that kind of know the story about how he wrote monster and all this which was you know the other big hit that i was thinking of and he's come out with some music of his own, which, in my opinion, is very good. But people just have no idea who he is because he's kind of a soft-spoken dude. And no one pays attention to it. I don't know. To be honest with you, I really don't know. Like, it's it's almost a crime in today's world to be soft-spoken. So maybe, but he has to produce more. You know, like, you can't just have one. You got to have a lot of ones, you know, and that's the thing about Eminem. Eminem is so big and probably still is so big that he's only going against himself. I mean, you he, can't just, he just won an award at the EMAs for best hip hop artist. That was bullshit. He even said, <laughs> yeah. he's, like, what? Yeah, he's like, I don't get why I'm getting this. I haven't put anything out in three years, but. <laughs> and that's that. See, and that's the problem with the media and with award shows as a whole. Yeah, I agree with How that. How in the fuck you gonna you gonna disrespect everybody who put out an album in the last two and a half years and say Eminem you're the hip hopper of the year? That's not fair. Like call give Eminem an icon award. Give Eminem a Hall of Fame award. Give Eminem a career coupe de gras award. Give Eminem an award for technically statistically being the most successful rapper of all time. Don't disrespect all of these people who's putting out music constantly and saying Eminem is better than you all, even though he doesn't put anything out, which is probably true. But that's not fair to the people who are really out here grinding. True. And he I think he he's such a fan of rap and he's such a fan of music as a whole. And he's such a fan of hip hop that he knows when shit is bullshit. That's why I think he honestly has has made himself believe that he is not a top five, top ten rapper in the history of rap because he just has too much respect for the people who came before him and he has too much respect for the people who was here with him that happened to not be white so they didn't get the success he got. Right, I feel like he's got the total respect of the process too, which is why I feel like that probably really pissed him off that these people that have been putting out albums are not getting the love that they're giving him for some reason. It's like it made me think of, you know, the time they, when he first met Kendrick and they were going to, you know, get on a track together and he made him, he was just testing him to make sure he could write. And, you know, I it's like he respects the hustle more than, you know, I feel like a lot of people do now that, you know, still using ghost writers and everything. I feel like he wants it to be very, very real. I mean, he's a different kind of person. Eminem came up in the era where you not only had to be dope, but you had to be dope consistently, which is not the case anymore. You know, like being a one hit wonder is not a bad thing. You can make a lot of money and make a living off of one hit. But on the flip side of it, it's not a career. Eminem came out in a time 
where you had to have a career. Eminem, came, his first album came out when DMX was the hottest motherfucker in the world. Jay-Z was just starting to really find himself as a commercial artist. Nas was still relevant. Um, the West Coast was still popping off, even though Dr. Dre was on the East Coast and Snoop was down south or was about to be down south. No Limit was taking the fuck over. Uh, cash Money was springing the fuck up. There was a lot going on in hip-hop, a whole lot going on in hip-hop. And this kid comes out and drops his album, Hi, My Name Is, and takes over the fucking world. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he doesn't look like a lot of people in rap. But the other half of it has to do with the fact that he was dope from the beginning. The thing about Eminem is even on his commercial songs, most people can't rap the songs because they're so technically difficult that you can't really rap. A lot of people... Likes to say Eminem's chorus. Hi, my name is. I'm the Slim Shady. Just I'm the real Shady. All your mother. All of that shit is cool. Most people can't do the verses of those songs because of how difficult it is, and he won't get the credit for that because he was so poppy and so cheesy in a sense, and he's white, and that's and that's a problem, and that's why he. I think he has. I think Eminem has a lot of white guilt because he grew up around a lot of black mm -hmm. people. He's seen a lot of struggle. He went through a lot himself as a kid. And being a white person in hip-hop, the odds are stacked against you. And the fact that he won so much, I think he actually feels guilty. Because I remember seeing him talk about how he just hoped to go gold on his first album. And that motherfucker sold like five million. I was going to say, do you think part of him also understands the fact that, you know, these white kids, you know, that were like my age. It was like, suddenly there's someone that looks like us. We started listening to rap. Like, how many... You know, people were brought into rap just from him, though. You know, so I feel like, in a way, he may not realize it, but he is helping all the rappers that have come after him, too, in that he's bringing these white eyes now. You know what I mean? You know, I don't... That's an that's a interesting point. I don't know if I agree with it, just because he wasn't the first. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it would have been different if Eminem was the first white, attractive rapper that came out but he wasn't, you know, like, so I don't know if he really brought that. I think he definitely brought more people to the genre, but I think you got to credit MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice for bringing the people who don't really give a fuck about rap, but likes the popularity mm -hmm. of it and the fun aspect of it and the people who you could just sing along with. Like Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer were like probably two of the first artists, if not the first two major selling artists to have songs that you can sing along to. And that's kind of Eminem's original formula where he would give you the real fucked up lyrics. But you could sing, I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. Like, you could sing along to what he was doing. And then you also got to credit the Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys, yeah, the Beastie Boys probably will never get the credit they deserve. The Beastie Boys arguably is the greatest rap group of all time. All of those motherfuckers could actually rap. They could. They had their own style. They possibly have the greatest videos in hip-hop history. They played instruments. They wrote their own shit for the most part. It's a couple songs they didn't write, but the songs they didn't write is the songs I don't even really like that much, so I don't really give a fuck about that. And on top of that, they helped define Def Jam, and Def Jam is the greatest label in the history of hip-hop. But because they were white, they won't get that credit, even though to this day the Beastie Boys is a top 10 selling rap artist period not group artist yeah i think well i mean m has long you know shown love to them as kind of what i was saying where 
he saw people that looked like him that, you know, maybe I could do this too. Um, the other thing about Eminem is he had, he had it all, you know, he had the skill, had the lyricism, all that. And then who discovers him is one of the best producers ever. And, you know, so it was like, he almost hit the lottery right away where it was like the stars just aligned that this dude was going to be an all time great and a star because he had everything that he needed to go off and succeed. I can't say that. I can't agree with that just because B Ben, a big Eminem fan that I am, I know that him and Dre linking up was almost by accident and he was in such a bad place when it happened. Like it's not like he started rapping and then like a couple months later him and Dre linked up. He was in rapping for so long and he was so poor and he was struggling so bad that he literally was about to quit rap until he got the call to come out and meet Dre. No, I know that's what I'm saying. Like he just literally hit the lottery at you know, yeah, I can when, say he, that. when I, it was needed most. And the, yeah. the thing is, though, I don't – the thing is people don't really give credence or credit to white fans in hip-hop. Even before Eminem, white fans were probably the most loyal hip-hop fans from afar. Think, think about this, right? <clears throat> and this is a stereotype that I'm going to put out there, but it's a stereotype that honestly might be really, really fucking true. So black people – created hip black people created pretty much every music genre but black people created hip-hop right mm-hmm. black people also created a something a thing called the mixtape where you will record songs off the radio and make tapes of them and play those tapes so you don't have to listen to the radio all day and probably make duplicates of those tapes to sell right true that is a virgin that's that's bootlegging right mm-hmm. which is yep. stealing in order to make money correct this is true. So basically from the beginning of hip hop, black people did not fiscally support hip hop. Not all black people, but a lot of black people didn't fiscally support hip hop. Hip hop artists really thought about it that yeah, way. Hip hop artists who blew up sold millions of records, correct? Yep. Who was buying those millions of records? If Black people invented a genre they, that they weren't fiscally supporting the way that they should have. Who was buying those records? Guess it was us white people. For real. <laughs> think For real. Like, I think maybe, maybe even we just realize, weren't smart enough yet, but, you know. No, but think people like Tupac had a huge white fan base, in my personal opinion. Because this motherfucker sold nine and a half million albums on one album. When he got out of jail, nine and a half million albums. Which that wasn't all black people. Then. No, that wasn't all black people. There's no fucking way that was all black people. So the, the white people have always been a part of hip hop. Not always. I will say white people have been a part of hip hop since at least the, the mid to late 80s. Right. So with that being said, white people just weren't front and center in hip hop. So they were supporting and they were going hard and they were spending the money and showing up at shows and really championing these artists. But they never had anybody who looked like them, who was considered an all time. With, no, not considered with an all time great person. See, like Beastie Boys only had one album on Def Jam. People don't even realize that Vanilla Ice was considered corny. You know, like. 
third base was uh like people didn't look at them like these are the guys I want to be in my personal opinion. Eminem was with Dr. fucking Dre. Eminem could outrap most people. Eminem didn't give a fuck. Eminem was killing his mom, which speaks to a lot of teen angst. And I didn't even know what teen angst was until I got to high school and got white friends. I didn't know what the fuck that was. Like, oh, you hate your mom because she made you take out the trash? What the fuck is that? Like, I never I never got that shit. So Eminem spoke to white people via problems that a lot of white kids were going through that other kids didn't look at as problems. So he spoke to white people. He was white and is white. Well, clear, but he is white. And he had arguably the greatest producer of all time backing him. So you write when you say you hit the lottery. But I think that it's because white people never really had a place in hip hop that was kind of allowed where we kind of allowed Eminem to ball out. Like nobody really was like, yo, fuck this white boy. Until later on, after he was selling like 3 million, 4 million, 5 million records. Originally on, I don't remember anybody's like, hi, my name is, this kid isn't going to last a year. I don't remember hearing that at all. Yeah, there was, I feel like, I mean, there was just, I feel like a lot of people could sense it. They didn't want it to accept it, but it was like, this dude's the truth. You know, even just from the jump, it was like, oh, this dude is going to be a problem. He just says whatever he wants. Maybe I won't say that he's going to flame out because then he'll come after me too, which later became a pretty true sentiment that you stay away from Eminem if you want to, you know, not put your career in jeopardy. Yeah, leave that white boy alone. Yeah. The game the game, the game, has beef with everybody. In a fi- game probably beef with me and I don't even know. Yep, that, that's one of my all-time said, favorite uh, like interview. Oh, when he said, yeah, yeah, when he was like, "I'm you stay away I'm from the white, the white boy. boy. Stay away from the white boy. No, nah, I ain't messing with that shit. I'll come at anybody else besides Dre and besides Eminem. I'm like the game. Yeah, six foot four, two hundred and thirty pounds, blood member who don't care about nothing else besides ripping your head off. Nah, leave the white boy alone. Yeah. No, I mean, and I I feel like I've read this somewhere. You mentioned this earlier that Pete, there's the reason that Eminem has so few features. Is people are totally intimidated by it. Yeah, I want to say Snoop said something where the biggest reason he never collaborated collaborated with M was he didn't want to be overshadowed on a record. Snoop got a song with M. Yeah, but it, what, it was more recent though, right? Uh, no, no, no. Snoop was on, uh, I think Snoop is on Air Force One's remix with Fat Joe and Eminem. Or maybe maybe it was that he had hesitancies toward it, but there was something he said where it was like he really for the longest time did not want to get on a track with Eminem. Oh yeah, no Snoop is on uh Snoop is on Marshall Mathers LP. Snoop is on the jump. Oh no, big Snoop Dogg with eighty pound balls, dick six inch long, back up in right. the yep. easy baby shady. He's so crazy. Give me the mic, Let me, like you know what I mean. Yeah, so no, like, that's right. yeah, yeah, there was, yeah, some, yeah, there was no. something. Maybe it wasn't Snoop Dogg then. Maybe it was someone else that said that they, for a while, were refusing to do a track with Eminem because they knew that he would steal the spot. Oh, no. It was Snoop. This is what it was. Snoop said the reason he never put Eminem on one of his albums was that he didn't want Eminem to steal the show. So he's Eminem's never been on a Snoop album for that reason. That's what it was. Oh, it makes sense. Bro. Yeah, no, Fuck that's that. what it was. I, I had it a little off. 
Um, so speaking of things but, that wait, 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 I'm making a segue, motherfucker. Okay, you do, so, you do. uh, so with Eminem album coming out this week, what else are you trying to purchase on Black Friday? I'm trying to see that. You see that? Yeah, you no. see that? See, my my what my segue was gonna be was speaking of things that white people go crazy for Black Friday. Uh, that's racist, yeah. That's, that sounds racist. Well, that sounds I, like I feel a day like when I, white people. The people that like a day when white people ride around and lynch each other people. in the malls are like white suburban moms. I don't care. It sounds like a day when white people ride around lynching black people. Well, I, I, like I hope that's not how most people celebrate Black Friday. Maybe that's how they got the name Black Friday. It it may be. Think about it. Nobody ever says, "Oh, there's so many deals in Acme. It's a Black Friday." Or it's just Never. an homage to Cube, and uh... they ain't giving no homage to Cube, man. Come on, <laughs> come on, man. Hit the Goodyear rip. The Goodyear blimp red ice cubes a pimp. They ain't never giving that man no homage. Yeah, no. Uh, my Black Friday ritual is usually stay home and wait for the viral videos. What about you? I don't give a fuck about Black Friday. Yeah, I mean, I got it, bills to pay. I got I got loans to pay off. Yeah, amen um, to that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really caring about Black Friday. I wish alcohol was on sale on Black Friday. That would be pretty dope. That but. would make some for some fun videos. You know what I mean? Two dollar liters of vodka. Yeah. Like that should be crazy. Thirty cent mad dogs. Oh, if it's thirty cent mad dogs, I'm buying <laughs> enough for the whole crew for the rest of it. I'm gonna have mad dogs at your wedding. That's how many <laughs> mad dogs I will buy and have in stash. And it's wine, so it, it gets better every year. I don't understand why people still go crazy for Black Friday. Because like, people are broke, man. But everything's this is the online. one time you get the ball out. Nah, it's not though. Like a lot of stuff, you know. See, I think we just got spoiled you about the fact that we can buy pretty much you could buy people. On the dark net. True. So the fact you could buy pretty much anything you want online, people get get spoiled you. But the in-store deals are a lot better than online a lot of the times because when you buy something online, it could sell out in the store and they never ship it to you when things are this crazy as it is. But if you get it in the store, you have your hands on it. So you know what's happening. And sometimes the Cyber Monday deals, which is to me way better than Black Friday, those Cyber Monday deals kind of come as like, okay, this is what we have left. Now have at it. Uh, yeah, I'm still Team Cyber Monday, though, all the way. Yeah, I mean, I'm broke this year. I mean, it may just be because, one, I'm broke. Two, I'm just way too lazy to go fight someone for a blender. But, you know, it is what it is. The one thing, yeah, I don't, what, what, is there anything that you would go all out and go to a store for? That you know for a fact right now that's hot right now and you would go for a certain price to get it. Does anything pop in your head? I've got nothing. Um, I would run to the store, elbow a soccer mom in the mouth, trip a kid if they told me I could buy Rihanna. Yeah, but that's just what the dark web is for, like you said. No, 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 but I got to wait for it to ship on the dark web. I could just go to the store. <laughs> pick up Rihanna. <laughs> pick up Rihanna. We out. Uh, I may, I may fight you on that one. I got you for one. 24 hours. <laughs> we, we may be That's throwing hands cool, at man. that deal's available. It's cool. We can we can throw fisticuffs. I, I haven't lost a fight since I don't even know when, so we can do that anytime. <laughs> no, nah, I, I mean, I don't really. Right now in my life, I buy so much stuff for other people. I don't know the last time I've actually bought something expensive for myself to be honest with you so i really don't know like 
there's stuff that I will buy because I, I know I want it, but I'm not even thinking about it. Like, I'll buy a Nintendo Switch, which I'm probably going to buy for Christmas for myself. Because I think it's dope. I think it's a dope idea. I think the games look good. You could take it anywhere. I think that's cool. I need to buy a new microphone so I could potentially make one more album and retire out the game. I will buy Reese's Pieces. Like I love shoes. Reese's Pieces. Reese's. The greatest hits. No, no. Reese's Pieces is the greatest hits. That's right. Come on. I already planned this out. I already planned this out. Reese's Pieces is the greatest hits, man. Um, I love shoes, so I buy sneakers. But like, it's nothing particularly that I'm like fiending for. It was like, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. At this point, I'm buying gifts for my nieces and nephews and my grandmothers mostly. I was gonna say, yeah, I think a lot. The most I've spent on myself at all this year is maybe like 130 bucks on a pair of kicks or something. That's the once. I don't know. I'm, you know me. I'm like the most frugal person out there. Like, I my favorite place to shop: thrift stores, flea markets. Yard sales, give me all those deals. See, but you're not really frugal though. I, you will blow a hundred bills at a thrift store, and that's basically three hundred dollar retail. Nah, I don't know. So that you I ain't could. frugal. It's like I, I feel like I've never spent more than like fifteen bucks at a thrift store. I'm not saying a thrift store. I'm saying if we went thrifting in a week, you would blow a hundred dollars. If we went to different thrift stores, I could easily see you blowing a hundred dollars at a thrift store, which to me is three hundred dollar retail. So I think I don't know if you're frugal or the fact that you like, all right, if I'm going to spend money, it got to be a good value. It has to be a good deal. Like if I told you, hey, Ivan, we're going to go to Models, which I don't even think is a thing anymore, but we're going to go to Models. They got shout out to Models. We got they got jerseys three for one hundred dollars. I think you'd be like, all right, cool. Let's go check them out. Let's see what we're rocking with. No, I might get I'd, three jerseys I'd, for one hundred dollars. I'd probably hop back on get a Chinese jersey for fifteen. <laughs> Nah, because if you think about it, $15, so you got three of them joints, that's 45 The shipping by itself is at least 25 Oh, no, I only use the ones with free shipping. Oh, no, you ain't living right, man. You got to live on the edge, man. You got to get that $25 shipping See, I, and just ball like, out. What you said is right. I am just a value shopper. It's like I'll spend money, but I'm not spending more than I want to pay for something. It's like where where do I get my shoes? Ross. It's like that's what I do. I mean, I don't I've never liked going to, you know, even like department stores are like, eh, I'll, I'll hit something cheaper somewhere. See, but that's cool because you white, man. Yeah, maybe true. Like, that's that's real talk. That's real talk. Nobody ever talks shit about how Bill Gates dress. I don't think anyone can talk shit about how a dude with 70 Bill dresses. Oh, you can talk shit. Motherfuckers talk shit. If the Migos ain't wearing at least seven chains each, shit gonna be talked about them. And they ain't nearly as rich as Bill Gates. It's just different when you white, man. It's different. Like, the, the expectation say, levels are so low. Nah, you can't. Eminem's clear, man. We talked about this. The Wait, expectation sure, levels I mean, are so white, low for a white person. So does, so does Blake Griffin, but he ain't white. Well, that's true. The expectation levels are so light for white. I mean, so light. So so low for white people when it comes to, to balling out. Like, it's so low because we know y'all motherfuckers own the world so we don't we don't look at y'all like yo man why bill why you ain't got no chains on cuz we looking at him like bill gates probably owns sweden <laughs> and we just don't know it but now now i'm envisioning bill gates in a chain i kind of want to see it in real life now oh, it'll be fire is you should get a, a, a cr- like a chromed and diamond out microsoft windows logo that'd be that'd boom be hot that'd be fire that'd be so fire um, you wanna 
talk a little sports, wrap up some of our some of our squads on all yeah, of man, which are out. on fire it seems. Yeah, TTP Manchester Passos. What else you got to talk about? Uh, <sighs> only sixteen games. Do you want which one? Do you want to pick? TTP Manchester Passos. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I told you. I told before the season started. What did I say? Two All Stars. And I'll go back. I'll pull it up. Yo, two, all two All Stars. Yeah, I said that in the beginning of the season. Two, and everybody's like, "You're crazy. No way." Get the fuck out of here. Well, okay. yeah. I mean, how could you deny TJ McConnell at this point, you know? TJ is both for the All-Stars. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. He's playing for both sides. He's playing for the West and the East. He played in Arizona, Automatic which is technically offense, the West. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We out here. Scrappy dude at his finest. Yeah, no. I mean, this Celtics team, I mean, they're giving me, like, heart palpitations every night because they're down, like, 15, and then every game comes right down to the wire. But I mean, no quitting them. I mean, did you see? I don't know if I you saw this stat that I you know I know you're not on Twitter much, but uh, Kyrie Irving over the last two games has 75 points on 81 percent shooting. Like I mean, they're just another level right now. But you know, we'll see you guys in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> no, not this year. <laughs> Next year, once LeBron no. goes to LA. Nah, LeBron's not going to LA. But nah, I told you, 2020 is the year that the Sixers make their championship push. Year 2020. So which would be work, how long after, so well. like the process started. Process so started process, in 2013. Nah, no, the process started in like 2010, when 2011, they trade, when they traded for Mar- Andrew Bynum. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and when Iguodala was our best player and when Drew Holiday was an all-star. Like, that's that's processing. When Derrick Rose blew out his knee against us in, like, 2011, that's when the process started because there was no way in hell. We made it to the conference finals that year. That's right. And I'm pretty sure we took – what was it the Celtics? Who was in the final? I think it was the Celtics. Nah, he – 2010? Uh, no, you weren't in the Eastern Conference Finals that year. We t- we were in the Eastern Conference Final the year Derrick Rose blew out his knee. Was that 2010 or 2011? Well, you played us that year, and we went to the finals. But I, I didn't thought I didn't think that was the. I'm, dude, I'm pretty sure that was because because cause remember the Bulls was the number one seed. Yeah, no, I I do remember that. Uh, so we played the Bulls, and then I don't remember who we played second. I'm pretty sure we were in the conference finals. I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm looking this up because I don't I don't. Believe... Yo, look no, it up. No, no, look no, it up. no. You know why I know? That was LeBron's last year in Cleveland. We retired him. Well, we didn't retire him. We uh, sent him out of Cleveland with when they, we beat him that year. That's what but it was. was that, we, we played you guys in the second round, I think. But you guys took us to what, six or seven, I think? I think we took you to seven, cuz. Yeah, no, I remember it was a very legit series. No, it wasn't. The fact we took y'all to seven shows that y'all was not going to win that year. <laughs> we only lost because my my buddy Kendrick Perkins got hurt. I'm I'm staying. No, to y'all that. Lo- no, y'all lost because Kobe balled the fuck out on y'all. That's why y'all lost. Y'all let Paul Gasol look like Shaq out there. That's why y'all lost. Yeah, Kobe with 29 and eight in the finals. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, it's no AI numbers, but it's pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, Kobe had teammates to, to, <laughs> that he could rely on in the finals. Name two people on that team that's not Colby and Pau Gasol. Uh Andrew Bynum was on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Derek Fisher was still there. Of course. Derek, Kobe's number one in the ring without Derek Fisher. Let me ask you something. Yes, sir. Would you take either one of them 
and 32 picks in 32 rounds in the history of the 2008 to 2017 players in the NBA? Would you take either one of those players in your franchise? Uh, Probably not, no. Exactly. So to me, that shows you how great Pau Gasol and Kobe was. Yeah, no, Pau Gasol is one of the more underappreciated guys, I think, in the last 15 years. Like Everyone knows like he's been reliable. He was. He's been so good, even just as a second option, that people just See, give him no love. I was on Pablo Gasol when he was with the Grizzlies, and then when he went to the Lakers, I couldn't fuck with him no more. Pablo Gasol gets all of the credit he deserves. Pablo Gasol is going to make it to the Hall of Fame because of all his accolades, but Pablo Gasol is not, once again, not a player that you're going to draft in your franchise if in the history of the league. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame because he has a really good international career. And he has two championships, and he's been an all-star probably like five times, five to six times or something like that. I think he might have even made like a third or second team All-NBA. But Pau Gasol is a product of being around great players. Like Pau Gasol, can you tell me what Pau Gasol's greatest attribute is? Because I can't tell you. It might be, I feel like he's passing. I don't know. I mean, that, that separates him from other bigs, I'd probably say passing. No, I'm talking about what is his greatest attribute. Like, if you put him on the floor, you'd be like, Pau Gasol is our best what? Uh, mid-range shooter from the post? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. But, to me, to me, you can't be an all-time great if we can't answer those types of questions. Yeah, he was a guy that you you could always – you knew what you were getting. He was reliable, I feel like. It's probably yeah, the way to I loved him when he was with the Grizzlies. Yeah. He was the best player on the Grizzlies, and they won, like, 13 games. Okay. It was like, all right, cool. Pau Gasol can't win his games because Pau Gasol shouldn't be your number one player. Put somebody else in that game and then let them ball out and we can figure it out. You want to talk about your other squad right now? A team that um, you say the Sixers may take until 2020 until they can make a championship run. You may have one in that town right now that can make it this year. What do you think? Are you buying in yet? I ain't saying shit about it. I come from Philadelphia. I've been heartbroken. I've seen tragedy. I've seen a lot of terrible things as a sports fan for Philadelphia, so I will not be talking at all about potential Super Bowls. I will just take it game by game, see what we do, because the world is trying to set us up to laugh at us later when we don't end up winning a championship. I am most certainly doing Can we that. win a championship? Can we win a championship? Maybe. Quite possibly. Will we win a championship? I'll let you know when we get there. If we get to the bowl, I'll make it I'll make a pick in the decision with my head and not my heart. But until that happens, y'all motherfuckers ain't setting me up. I ain't stupid. I ain't letting that I ain't gonna be like, yeah, championship. Woo! Pennsylvania. We got this shit. Nope. The the, the nope. NC I think is gonna be fun too. There's a lot of I feel like there's a lot of teams where it's a, bit, a lot of questions of are they really legit? Are they, you know, maybe not quite there? Are they, you know, there's going to be a lot of contender pretender stuff. I mean, the Saints look tough. The Vikings look very legit, but they have Case Keenum. Um, it's, I mean, it's going to be fun, I think. NFC is going to be fun. I, I think there's only like three really good teams in the AFC, though. But. You just said there was 40, 40% of the teams that's going to make the playoffs are really good teams. That's, that's still a high No, number. but I think there's teams that are going to miss the playoffs in the NFC that are going to be well better than 
half the teams to make in the AFC. Oh, I disagree. A hundred percent disagree. I think the AFC is top to bottom way stronger. Really? I think that. I feel yeah, like this year yeah. the consensus is more the other way. No, because see, you're you're changing out fun as opposed to great. I think the NFC is a lot more fun to watch. You know, the games are a lot more competitive. There's a lot more comebacks. There's a lot more highlights when it comes to, oh, will this team win? Is this team a contender? Where the AFC has been so dominant that it's just like, okay, the Chiefs are probably going to win. Okay, the Patriots just blew out this team. Okay, So it's like it's not as fun to watch. Yeah, I still think Oakland's a it's, team to watch too. I was – Nah, bro. I, see, I don't know. I, I was blown. I was blown away by what happened on Sunday. I really was. I thought that was gonna be like the game of the week. Nah, bro. But you know, we nah. send our love out to Marshawn. You know, it's our guy. What's the guy, man? I'm just waiting for that statue made out of Skittles to pop up. I got Skittles on my desk right now. You kidding? I'm showing love. Nah, I don't bang with Skittles. R.I.P. to Trayvon. Uh, yes. Facto. Uh, speaking of snacks, you want to talk about some chips? You got. You got to talk. You probably. I feel like this is way up your alley. You know far more than I do about this. <laughs> but I will say it now, we got to do this when they come out again next year. Because I think they're done for the year. It looks you know, like. Yeah, they've been sold off for a while. The whole one chip challenge thing is very funny to me because I just think it's interesting that every like two to five years spice in food becomes like a thing of conversation you know like it's just it's just very interesting to me how that happens like a cup like two to five years ago it was all about the ghost pepper and ghost pepper this and ghost pepper that and then the carolina reaper popped up and now it's like oh we got this this chip that has carolina reaper sauce on it mixed with ghost pepper sauce what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be able to eat it? And it's like, all right, let's, let's try to figure it out. And it, and it, they game us, they get us, man. We got to stop buying into this shit because there's no fucking reason why one chip should cost $20. It looks like, I thought it was only like five bucks now. It was $5 originally. Oh, now they're, okay. And look on Amazon right oh, when now. When I looked on Amazon, they're like, like 70 because it's all resellers. Yeah, it's like seventy, seventy-five, and shit like that. Like, but those people—that's just like the people that you know, cop some sneakers and then throw them up on eBay for three times the price. Yeah, and those people should be cash. I I don't disagree. Like that shit is nonsense, man. See, like, my problem on. is I'm oh, I'm way too competitive, and I love anything that challenges me. It was like when we did the when I tried the ultimate death sauce. Like I was all about that. That was an awful <laughs> idea. <laughs> But I loved it. <laughs> had way too much of it. The death sauce. The death sauce. That yeah, shit I had way too much of that. I love the death sauce. Yeah, because we just keep doing it. Like, oh, let's do it again. Like, I don't think we should probably do that again. But fuck it. We That's end. You let's I mean, do it. If you don't challenge yourself, what are you doing? You boring as hell. That's what you're doing. Like, I don't. I think the one chip challenge is cool. I just think that it's corny that it was limited. Like, I don't. I don't understand the fact, all right, you're paying $5 for a chip, which is probably $10 because I don't know what the shipping would be for one chip, but I'm assuming it's not right, going to yeah, be free. Yeah, probably about 10 And then you, 
and then you put tax on it. So it's probably going to be $10. So you're selling a chip, one potato chip, well, tortilla chip, one tortilla chip for $10, and you still make it limited? And people really? would buy it. You know, that's the thing I don't get. Exactly. It's not like it's a seasonal thing. I mean, I was just thinking, imagine being able to, you know, in Philly or Boston, you got snow outside in your yard. <laughs> just have one of those and then jump in when it gets too hot. Jump in some snow, man. I might end up dying. I mean, of course I'm going to do it, but I got to ask it reflex. That ain't really good for yeah. spicy stuff, but as you see, well, I don't yeah, care. Again, you got you to so test I, your I limits. Go hard. Until you go over oh, your no, limits, I know my something limits. goes horrifically wrong, but you still got to test them. Listen, just man, don't I'm go to Colorado. America. Every day I walk out is testing yeah, my limits. No, I was going to say, just don't go out to Colorado. You <laughs> should be okay. Yeah, I'm not going to Colorado. It's just done for me out there. I can't be getting brain damaged because I want to see some. All right, so we'll wrap it up. I got two things that I didn't tell you about previously, and this may just be like a fun thing we do now and again. So I was listening to something else, and they were talking about how low Rotten Tomato scores are for some classic movies in pop culture. I was going to say, so we're going to play a game. Guess that Rotten Tomato score. Space Jam, what do you got? 16. Okay, so you went under 35%, which I'm not sure if that's too high uh-huh. or too low, but I give that a 90. I was just watching that the other day. Picked up some socks. You'd be proud, you know. Shout out to Bugs. How how the fuck how the fuck do you give nah, Space I'm, Jam I'm a joking. 90? Space Jam is 100, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got the goat in there and Michael Jordan too. Shout out to Bugs. Um, and then the other thing Tomorrow, you're gonna do wait. You gonna do one oh, movie? Yeah, we, we'll find another one. Let's find another one real quick. I already know. I already know. What do you think John Q scores on Rotten Tomatoes? I know this one. Uh, offhand, I'm not even looking anything up. I'm pretty sure I noticed. This is the offhand. problem. Is I don't watch any movies, so I've never seen John Q. You've never seen. All right, we out, man. All What's right. your next thing you want to talk thing, about? I'm because out. I'm gonna post this tomorrow, November 22nd, which. Is National Start Your Own Country Day. What's the name of your country? Put you on the spot. Oh, that, come on. That's easy, man. If anybody knows me, they know where I'm going the with this. It's it's yep, that's, Resylvania, yeah, that's, man. What I, that's what I figured. It was <laughs> like, that's, that's easy. See, I think I'd come have to on, go. I have that's... a name that ends in A-N, too. So I feel like it's got to be an Ania. So I got to go Ivania or something. Yeah, that sounds it, gross. I, I, when I that came sounds up, like, that, that like sounds weak. I don't like that. But why you ain't go with the Mac? Yeah, I was saying this to someone. How how much I regret not trying to establish Mac as my name or like a nickname. Like I wish I had forced that more, especially because I got iMac too. What are yeah. you twenty two? I got time. Man, you All got right, from time, now on, man. my name is Just Mac. Start that shit. I ain't never called you that, but yeah. <laughs> Do that, man. Yo, how do you don't go like, like something McGovern, like something? It's just like that. That's where I would have went with it instead of because Ivan is so like Russian USSR feel. It's like nobody gonna yeah, go around with that. Mac, <laughs> you can't be with the commies. Yeah, I don't know what I would Mac, but yeah, there's gotta be something with Mac, and I'd be the McGovernor. You know, that's what I am. See the McGovernor. That's, that's just that's fire. My job, like you can't not just, my you, place, though. Why not? 
All right, yeah, we changed the game. I'm a governor, USA. Well, not USA because it's my own country. Oh, I, was, I didn't say. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I was say don't. I say don't say take over USA, man. We're gonna get banned I was gonna say, from well, iTunes. Well, this is the and... week to take over the USA. You no, know the fuck it, it shouldn't ain't. be. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. Don't be listening to this motherfucker. World, don't be listening to this motherfucker, man. We nobody try to attack us. We won't attack y'all. Well, we might attack y'all because we America. But don't be trying to attack us, man. This is not the week. Black people are are out here elbowing little old white people in the face for TVs. It's not going to be a good look for my people. Um, yeah, it's going to be bad out here for people. Uh, Cristobal Columbus stole a place and people. You can't do that no more. You know, we got hip to the game. You can't just make motherfuckers disappear by giving them diseases and alcohol, which sounds to me like a frat party. And we <laughs> All out. All right, man. Everyone stay thankful for our people. All right, take it easy. R.I.P. Happy Genocide, motherfuckers.